Hello, and welcome to this podcast presented by the Southern Alberta Council on Public Affairs. for today. So a couple of housekeeping things. Uh, turn off your cell phones, please. Put your money, $11, in the uh, basket and have somebody be prepared to count and make sure it's accurate. Um, uh, you know the, the uh, process, but I'll remind, because there's a few people that aren't regular, we have half an hour for our, our speaker, half an hour for our lunch, it looks like it's going to be fish and chips, and half an hour for question period. Uh, and so uh, that's that's the, how we're working. Um, memberships are, uh, are available from Annalise here. She's going to wave her arm because uh, we're a volunteer organization. And we want to thank our partners who are the University of Lethbridge, Country Kitchen, who is uh, always does some nice meals for us, Shaw TV for broadcasting our sessions, and they're Showing Sunday at 4.30, CKXU 88.3, FM Radio Live, and Lethbridge Herald, uh, who are always here to be with us as well. So, uh, uh, I think that's all my housekeeping things. Uh, uh, so, then I, I can move on to what we're here for. And I'm really excited about having such a bright woman here to share with us by the name of Shannon Phillips. Many of you know of her or know her, uh, and she's going to be presenting around the workplace pensions, a thing of the past. Will the first generation to enjoy retirement security also be the last? So a little bit about Shannon. Uh, I'm just going to summarize quickly because there's a lot about her. She um, uh, has a B honors BA in poli-sci and master of, uh, also a master of arts in political science at the U of A. She was Jack Layton's first Alberta organizer for the federal NDP in 2003. Uh, she moved here in 06 and was doing consulting with NGOs and labor unions. And, uh, but then she worked as a TV producer on CBC News World and on, on the show On the Map with Amy Lewis. And she's been nominated for several magazine awards for her publications in Alberta View. Uh, she started working for Alberta Federation of Labor in 2009, uh, and she's the senior policy analyst focusing on energy, economics, Alberta's labor market, and health care. And she's really well informed on all those things. She's, she is one of the staff behind the Labor Coalition on Pensions campaign, The Truth About Alberta Pensions. So she has lots of information to share with us, and I invite Shannon to come forward to the, to the mic, and we'll thank her for that. All right, well, uh, I am not a pensions expert. I, uh, my policy expertise and, and economics training is more in labor markets, uh, public services, and uh, the, en the energy industry. Um, and uh, nor do I don't I don't know if I want to aspire to be a pensions expert. You know, my uh, my friend uh, Jim Stanford, who's the chief economist for the Canadian Auto Workers, says that an economist is someone who doesn't have the personality to be an accountant. Um, I would argue that a pensions expert is someone who doesn't have the the personality to be an economist. Um, it's a very 
dense fields. And that's, and it can become very much bogged down in pension ease and numbers, and, and it can become a world and a language all to its own. But I think that underneath or over top of all that is a layer of, of understanding who we are as Canadians and what we want out of the years that we don't work. That is to say, we have a pretty good understanding of the years before we go into the workforce, right? Of what each child should have in terms of an education, in terms of a, of a good life, and a decent standard of living. So that's why we do things like, like uh, school lunch programs. It's why there is universal outrage over child poverty. And yet somehow, in those years after our work lives end, we are collectively turning our backs on our responsibility and the best practices in terms of ways to keep us all out of poverty in our, uh, our, our years after we leave the workplace. Now, in order to uh, get to the meat of the matter with what is happening with Alberta's local authorities pension plan and public service pension plan, I'm going to show you a little video. I'm just going to back up before I show the video and say that in September of this year, the finance minister unilaterally um, announced changes to these two very large pension plans. Now, these are not just direct provincial government workers that are uh, affected by these, these changes. Uh, it's 200,000 Albertans who work for Alberta Health Services in various capacities, everything from RNs on down to the people who fold the laundry and serve the food in hospitals. People who work in seniors' care, people who work, everyone who is not a teacher who works for a school board, almost, custodial services, maintenance, teaching assistants, uh, people who, who uh, assist children with disabilities, librarians, people who work in cities and towns, everyone from the arborists who cut down the, that, that uh, nuisance tree that's hanging over your power line, to the people who make sure that the water is clean and safe to drink. Those pension plans. Firefighters, emergency services, paramedics, first responders, all of those Albertans are affected by these pension changes. So it's a very, very large number of people, and uh, in particular in Lethbridge, it will have a significant economic impact. The reason for that is we are a regional hub for many of these services. We also have a large number of public sector workers, both who work for the provincial government and in our post-secondary institutions. I should add uh, post-secondary institutions to the list of, of the affected workers. Uh, support staff at the university and at the college and college instructors. Essentially the only public sector workers that these, this leaves out, uh, that these plans leave out, um, it's, it's easier to make a list of who's not affected. And that's teachers, uh, they have their own uh, Alberta uh, Teachers Association Retirement Fund, um, and uh, faculty in, uh, uh, at the university have their own fund, uh, pension fund as well. So without further ado, I'm going to uh, pull up this video, and uh, we'll, we'll watch that through, and it'll take us through the, the basics of the problem and what we're facing here. needs to plan for the future. Some Albertans are fortunate. They've had the opportunity to prepare for retirement through workplace pension plans such as the local authorities pension plan or the public service pension plan. 
But more than 70% of Albertans have no workplace pensions. They're on their own when it comes to saving for their retirement. The Redford government is tabling plans that would trash the retirement security of those who have it. This isn't going to help anyone. They table changes that will put an end to early retirement, forcing workers in physically demanding jobs to continue working after they're no longer able to. They're planning to undermine cost of living adjustments so that seniors' income stagnate as costs go up. And they're proposing to cap how much employees can contribute to their pension plans. Contribution rates are an important tool for pension plan managers to keep their promises to retirees. If a contribution cap is put in place, then there's no way the government can guarantee that anyone's benefits will be safe, including the benefits of current retirees and the current workforce. These changes will force hundreds of thousands of Albertans to work longer for what could be significantly reduced benefits. So you'd think that the government would be able to produce evidence that the plans are in crisis and that no other alternatives exist. But so far, no such evidence has been produced. The facts are simple. Alberta's public sector pension plans are in good shape. The province has the youngest workforce in the country with three workers paying into these plans for every retiree. And despite the ups and downs of the stock market, a plan is already in place to have the pension plans in the black. The government is using misleading messaging and questionable numbers to justify attacks on the pensions of more than 200,000 public sector workers and 90,000 pensioners. These people have earned their modest pensions that pay out an average of about $12,000 to $15,000 a year. Our governments have to stop the attack on existing pension plans. Good pensions that workers and employers pay for themselves should be celebrated, not undermined. If anything, governments should make it easier for employers and employees to establish pension plans that provide secure benefits that Albertans can count on. Instead of ripping security away from those who have it, we need to respond to the crisis by doing with pensions what we did so successfully with Medicare. We need to expand the umbrella. So that is the video that is contained on the website um, for the Labour Coalition on Pensions, uh, which is all of the uh, affected unions, including the Alberta Union of Provincial Employees, uh, various college and technical associations, um, and uh, the various unions that's, that represent support staff, Canadian Union of Public Employees, Unifor, and others. Um, and so, first of all, I want to talk through a little bit about who is affected. Uh, and whether these plans are in crisis. The video touched on it, and I want to return to some of those things. Um, now, the LAPP and PSPP are defined benefit pension plans, which means that workers receive a set amount as pension income. Defined benefit pensions honestly are a better vehicle for most people because they provide a guarantee of how much you will receive in, in retirement. They do not... They, what they do is they are large funds that pool all of the resources, they are invested, and then uh, uh, the, the ups and downs of the stock market are smoothed out, um, and guaranteeing a certain income 
for those who enjoy them. Now, the LAPP is by far the larger fund. It had uh, more than 146,000 contributing members in 2012, 50,000 retirees. The average pension in the LAPP is 1,200 a month. Uh, and uh, it is the defined benefit pension plan for frontline workers and healthcare cities and towns and so on. The public sector pension plan uh, has about 40,000 contributing members. Uh, I note that it is a much smaller plan, mostly because the government of Alberta has uh, fewer public sector workers uh, doing far more work uh, than, it, than it has ever. Um, we have 5,000 fewer uh, people uh, paying into the public sector pension plan uh, today than we did in 1989, but we have 1.3 million more people in Alberta. Um, and that just reflects the, uh, the overall value that, uh, that this government places on, on our frontline public sector workers. The average pension for the PSPP is about 1000 a month. Um, and uh, it is true that both the LAPP and PSPP were hit hard by the recession in 2008 and the financial crisis. Everyone was. We all saw it on our RSP statements. And, uh, and, and our pension funds were, were, were similarly affected. Now, pension funds, because they are such a large fund, are able to recuperate faster than yours or my RRSPs. And while they did drop some value, both funds are expected to be fully funded by 2020. Now, that is according to independent analysis that we have, that the Labour Coalition has commissioned. We have asked the provincial government to show us evidence that any of their proposed changes are necessary in order to guarantee sustainability of the fund. They have refused to provide that evidence. We submitted a freedom of information request for that evidence. They sent us back an $18,000 bill. So we didn't pay that bill and we've refined our request and we await that information. But one would think that if one is going to tinker around with the retirement incomes of more than a quarter of a million Albertans, you would be compelled to provide a shred of evidence that it is required. And the finance minister has so far not done so. He has said that the plans could potentially be facing crisis in the future. There are a lot of things that could potentially happen in the future. Um, but... As I said, you know, pension experts who are um, not exactly given to hyperbole, they are uh, very restrained people, pension actuaries are. We have commissioned one who has said that the plan, these plans are healthy with no changes whatsoever. Now, what are they planning to do in technical terms? They intend to change two key areas. First, they will eliminate the 85 factor. Members whose age plus service equals 85 have been allowed to retire without pension reductions at 55 or older. This is especially important for frontline workers who do physically demanding work. But by eliminating the 85 factor, the government will force these workers to keep working to the bitter end. We will have to get used to 64-year-old firefighters. <laughs> they are also proposing to eliminate the cost of living allowance. In, as it is right now, the COLA adjusts pension benefits to keep up with the increases in cost of living. The government plans to remove that guarantee so pension incomes will not keep pace with the rising cost of living. Now, I thought that this might end up costing people 
a couple hundred dollars a month. But we have a pension calculator on the truth about albertapensions.ca that the actuaries put together for us. And you can plunk, if you are a public sector worker, or if you're not and you're just curious, you could plunk in some hypothetical numbers. And the amount that people will lose from losing their, their guaranteed cost of living adjustment is massive. It comes up into the thousands of dollars. So this is not tinkering around the edges. This is ripping away retirement income security for a quarter of a million people. Now, the effect is, if the government goes through with changes, the people will have to work longer uh, to get less. And it could undermine Alberta's public sector pension plans to the point where they're no longer viable. Pensions work by new and active members pooling funds in order to support retirees. So the biggest threat to the plans is employee and employer withdrawal. If the government goes through with these changes, there will be a disincentives for employers and employees to, to participate in the plans. We've already seen um, municipalities wondering aloud if uh, they might not pull out of these plans. That would be devastating. Now, the government says that there's a $7.4 billion unfunded liability. Is this true? They are, in fact, misleading Albertans about the scale of the unfunded liability. As a participating employer, the government's combined share of the liability for the, for the two funds is $2.43 billion, not $7.4. The remaining liability is shared between the workers and other employers, like municipalities, colleges, universities. Now, $2.4 billion is a lot of money, but some perspective is needed here. These two pension funds have combined assets of more than $30 billion. The combined liability is less than 10% of those total assets. Now, the stakeholders, that is to say, the employees and the pensioners hold, and, the, and, the, uh, and, and the employers hold the majority of the liability, but they've been excluded from meaningful decisions on the future of our pension plans. They do not have a seat at the table to, to make these changes. There are no uh, union representations on, uh, on, on the LAPP or PSPP boards, and we're one of the only places in Canada where that's the case. Now, the, the government also says that Alberta's contribution rates are among the highest in Canada. Is that claim true? No. For both employers and employees, Alberta's contribution rates are well below the national average of other public sector plans. The LAPP contribution rate for employees is 9.43%. That's significantly below the national average of 11.5 for comparable plans. So the amount that is being deducted off your check, if you are a public sector worker, is not higher in the rest of the country. That claim is false. The government also claims that we have an aging population. We hear this all the time, right? It's, it's, it's akin to uh, the words labor shortage, that we are now supposed to accept these, these terms as, uh, as, as fact, when in fact both of them are open to a lot of scrutiny, I think, criticism and debate. Now, the changing demographics have been factored into the sustainability studies that we have conducted and that other pension experts have conducted. The conclusions are still that the LAPP and PSPP are healthy and sustainable. The other point to make is this. The experts note that Alberta has the youngest working population in Canada. It is true that many baby boomers will soon retire, but we also have an under 30 demographic bubble. 
As the baby boomers retire, there will be a new generation of workers ready to participate in the economy. They're already there. Many of them are underemployed as it is. Now, the LAPP has three workers for every single retiree, which is one of the most stable demographic ratios in Canada. Now, as the baby boomers retire, as Generation X retires, as Generation Y eventually retires, and eventually, even as the millennials retire, the LAPP and the PSPP are in good shape to enable each generation to enjoy a, a dignified retirement. Now I want to make a, a few points about who is recommending these changes. That is a good question. If, uh, if, if we do have a, a crisis on our hands, surely someone out there is recommending these changes. The answer is nobody except for the politicians is recommending these changes. The LAPP and PSPP boards recommended against these changes. The LAPP annual reports say there is no need. Independent actuaries have shown that these changes are not necessary. Now, there is an intergenerational fairness argument that government likes to make. They like to say that um, they need to keep these plans sustainable for younger workers so that younger workers can enjoy what older workers have enjoyed in the post-war boom. But these changes are unfair to younger workers. Part of the government's proposed scheme is to reduce the benefits that today's workers will be able to access in the future. Younger workers will be hurt by these changes far more than workers who have already retired or will retire soon. Now, there are some alternatives to what the government has proposed. We have put forward a suite of alternatives that do not involve gutting uh, the way that these pension plans uh, work. The Labour Coalition on Pensions has. We put them forward uh, to the Finance Minister. Finance Minister has so far refused to negotiate with the workers who pay for these plans. We have not heard back whether they want to talk to us about our suite of alternatives. And, uh, you know, the government has admitted there is no crisis when it comes to LAPP and the PSPP. But, and that's good. That's good that the finance minister has admitted that. There is no crisis right now. He's raised the specter of one in the future. But, in politics, it's important to do more than say things. One should also act. So the government needs to act like there is no crisis. First and foremost, they should treat workers and unions representing them as equals and immediately bring in joint governance of these plans. That is to say, give the workers, the people who pay for these plans, a seat at the table and how those investments are, are managed. The government of BC did this in 1999. And with workers and government cooperating, the BC public pensions are actually in great shape. I want to make some final comments on um, the politics of this. If there's no reason for any of this, why are they doing it? Um, and, and I'll probably get to some of that in the, in the question and answer with respect to you know, the pressure that uh, big banks and the financial industry have brought upon to find benefit plans. And, and that is significant. 
Um, and, and in the wake of the recession, we've seen pressure on pension plans across the, this continent in, in particular, and uh, even in the EU. But in Alberta, we have also something else happening. We have politics. And in Alberta, we have a PC government that is seeing its dollars and its supporters fleeing to the wild rose. We have the chattering classes in corporate Calgary talking all about a change of government. And that is all that Premier Redford is listening to right now. She is not looking at the, the public opinion polls particularly carefully that note that essentially we've got a 30-30-30 split. 30% uh, PCs, 30% Wild Rose, and 30% combined Liberal and New Democrats. She's not looking at those that 30% of the progressive electorate. She's looking over to the right. And she has decided, it's clear, that all of those promises she made in 2012 to get elected, uh, the promises to treat public servants with respect, to invest in healthcare and education, to make good on expanding public uh, uh, programs like full-day kindergarten, that those are to be sacrificed for electoral gain. And it is popular these days to pick on unions. So what we have here is a government that has looked at how uh, the Harper government is shoring up its 35% of the electorate and saying we can drive a wedge between those Albertans who have a public sector, uh, some kind of workplace pension, and those who don't. And we can exploit the politics of envy to whip up anger against public sector workers, the frontline people who just pulled us out of a, a crisis not even a year ago uh, with the massive floods in southern Alberta. Less than a year ago, those people were lauded as heroes by Premier Redford herself, and now she is gutting the pension plans. But that is the electoral calculation, that public sector workers are expendable, that the, that the, the, the public is well enough inoculated against anything that uh, we say in our defense, and that that is a way to look like she is taking decisive actions. There could be other reasons, but as I look at the political landscape, that's all I see. So I leave you with that for now. We will get into, uh, I think, uh, CPP expansion and some of the other uh, labor coalition ideas that you saw in the video. Uh, we think that retirement security can be addressed like we address Medicare, um, collectively and in the public interest. So I welcome that conversation after the break.